0: Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Did you know that both physical and emotional well being are intricately tied? And one directly impacts the other. Well, with the last couple of years dealing with the COVID pandemic and all the extra stress in life, that has certainly led to some serious effects for people, affecting not just their physical well-being, but their mental well-being as well. Today, we have Dr. Teresa Wee, a pediatric internal, you're a combination family practice, you do you do both, is that right? No, just pediatrics. You just do pediatrics. I'll take on the adults. For over 40 years, you have been doing this. Yeah. And your office actually has has capacity to take care of adults as well. Yes, we do. Okay, that's mm-hmm. that's where I was mistaken, but happily corrected. And we're going to talk today about what has happened during the pandemic, And how has that affected our families and our local people right here in the islands? You've written a whole blog about that and written a book about the COVID. And we're going to talk some more today in a two-part series about this integration between physical and emotional well-being and how fixing one of those definitely requires some addressing of the other one as well. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Now, we've talked before at the beginning of the pandemic, which you know, I cannot even imagine was March of 2020 for us here in the islands, And now it's uh, May of 2022. So we've been dealing with this. We're in our third year of addressing this. And boy, in the very beginning, I don't think I ever would have predicted that 2022, we'd still be talking about it. I'm not going to make any predictions for next year because it seems like I've been wrong the whole time. But there have been a lot of surprises. What have you noticed going on, particularly dealing with a lot of the kids and families? What's
1: happening these days to your patients? You know, even before COVID pandemic, I was already seeing families, just everyone in some sort of mental health crises. But this pandemic seems to have accentuated everything. And I initially um, wrote about the obesity pandemic. So we definitely have seen those pandemic pounds adding up. But We've also seen adults with increased blood pressure, um, anxiety, uh, high, just high blood pressure, diabetes, and and really a lot of illness. But also along with that, we've seen isolation. People really having fear of catching COVID. So, as a result of the um, isolation, we're seeing this, you know, this loneliness, and this loneliness can be even worse than smoking or obesity. Yeah, they've done some studies that were published that looked
0: at what happens when you're older and specifically the older population who were at the greatest risk during COVID of having negative adverse outcomes in their health. They were the ones that they studied and found that loneliness is a risk that is just as great as smoking a a pack a day. It was pretty incredible to think that such a significant emotional situation could have such major impacts on your physical health. And you also see that, you know, a lot of the kids that were used to going to school, their social interaction, they haven't had that opportunity.
1: So, you know, the emergency room visits have increased 50 percent over the past two years, and many of them are the pediatric, the um, middle school age children having suicidal thoughts, having depression, and, and it's really taken a toll. And, and we don't think about kids having that type of emotional effect, but I think they, they have not, they've been isolated, they have not had in-person contact. I mean, we're human beings and we need that interaction.
0: And, you know, you mentioned that a lot of stress, even in the adult population mm-hmm. with higher blood pressure, with diabetes. with worsening diabetes, mm-hmm. with worsening cholesterol. You know, a lot of times in a, in a family unit, it starts and it affects one person, but that has impacts
1: on the whole household. I think it does. And I think parents and grandparents, you know, we're multi-generational here in Hawaii and, you know, our our keikis are looking at the adults in the home and, you know, they're seeing a lot of doom and gloom. And as a result, they're, they're wondering, like, what is going on? I'm feeling a little like them. And so we need to really think about regrouping just, just everyone of all ages.
0: So one of the things that I often tell people to do is is to take a look and assess where they're at right now. Mm -hmm. Just do a little status report for themselves. Where are they at with their physical health, with their emotional well-being, with their family relationships? Just kind of take a look at all these different areas in life. If you were to do that for some of the people that you see in your office, Mm -hmm. what are you seeing in the physical health for some of the children that you've noticed as a change in the last couple of years? Are you seeing kids come in with greater issues with blood pressure and sugar and weight and all of these things piling up
1: over the last couple of years? I, I most certainly have. I, I've seen some eight to 10 year olds gaining 50 pounds in the past, 50, 60 pounds in the past two years. However, as they went back to school, I've seen a decline in some of them. So a lot of it depends on how the family is interacting and. and Really, you know, we depend on what the parents are doing. Parents have to understand that that they can control the environment and they can be a positive influence on their children.
0: And this can extend beyond just parents. We can talk aunties, uncles, grandparents, exactly. everybody in the entire a- everybody family.
1: Everybody, c- you know, y- you want to know that you're not alone. And if you can work together as, you know, an ohana, I think that would be so much better. There's consistency. And that is reinforcement, and it just makes it more fun. Like, you know, we don't want to say we're going on a diet. Let's, after dinner, let's all go for a walk. Let's do it for five minutes after dinner. And people might say, oh, five minutes is so short. Let's go for ten minutes tomorrow. Well, you mentioned that instead of wording it such that it
0: sounds like you're taking away. You know, most people, when they hear about diet, think about what they're going to be depriving themselves of. Yes. But adding something like, let's go experience outside for a little while. Yes. Let's spend our weekends discovering some of the botanical gardens. You know, I think when we deal with situations about covid Being outside is actually safer than being in an enclosed indoor environment if you're potentially going to be exposed to other people. So if you want to go for a walk up Makapu or you want to go take a nice little walk around some of the beautiful vistas that we have here in the islands,
1: being outside is safe. Oh, my goodness. There's so many studies on being out in nature. There's no excuse in Hawaii. We have the best weather, and studies show that if you're out there, immerse yourself in a little sunshine. That will increase your melatonin, and and it it just makes you happier. And so we need to really encourage people to go outdoors and just have fun. Uh, oh, we're gonna to
0: have to take this show outside sometime. I don't know. We'll try that.
1: <laughs> I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to
0: The Body Show. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the emotional well-being issues that we can all work on as a unit and what Dr. Wee has seen in her practice and in her colleagues' practice over the last couple of years, given some of the stressors that all of us have been under. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Dr. Teresa Wee. And she is a pediatrician who's been in practice almost 40 years, and she has seen it all except for none of us really experienced this type of pandemic that everyone's been struggling with in the last couple of years. And right before the break, we talked a little bit about some of the physical changes that she's seen in her practice. And you mentioned you're seeing some younger kids who were getting major diagnoses, either gaining a lot of weight or having sugar Mm -hmm. and blood pressure issues at such young ages. And often that comes from a lot of situations at home, you know, where it's easier to just get quick meals instead yeah. of instead of making a family decision to cook healthy foods. So and it's and it's certainly something that happens. Parents get busy, people are working. They have more than one job. Yes. There's a lot of different stressors that are going on for people that are beyond what people yes. may have experienced in the past. So what are some of the emotional things that you've seen with some of the some of the people in your
1: practice, both the parents and the kids? So what I've seen are kids and and parents and grandparents just getting out of their usual routine. So as a result, we're getting hooked on our screen time. I'm so guilty of that. Yeah. And and we we don't have this routine of sitting down and having a family meal or having a regular uh, sleep routine. And so with this disruption, we, we have isolation. Everyone just, just eats at their own time, sleeps at their own time. And the poor parents, they're stretched so thin over the past two years. They're trying to just keep their job working at home or working outside the home. And so as a result, I'm seeing children who are feeling very depressed and isolated and, you know, like no one cares about me and they don't want to go back to sports. How might parents be able to see that in their kids? I often
0: think, You know, for or even aunties, uncles, grandparents, Mm -hmm. if you're not really tuned in to what some of the signs or symptoms might be, Mm -hmm. how would you know?
1: I, I think with children, you can you can tell by their behavior. It's a change of behavior. Hey, Junior, you used to love soccer or basketball. Why don't we go out now or the grades are falling or they're just really irritable or throwing temper tantrums like, wow, something's not right. And this is where the adults need to really um, tell them that, hey, I really want to know how you're coping, what is going on, and I want to hear it. And you really have to be intent and, and serious about listening to them patiently.
0: You know, it's funny because people often say,
1: "Hey, what's up? How you
0: doing?" And the answer is, "Oh, I'm fine. How about you? Doing great." And that's sort of the the end of it. But mm-hmm. when you when you try and probe a little deeper, yes, sometimes you might realize that somebody's having a little bit more of a struggle with something. Yes. What are some of the ways that parents could engage their kids to have them say more than, "Hey, what happened at school today? Nothing." would you learn? Nothing. I mean, are there other ways they can ask the question that maybe can get an answer that could at least give them a, a springboard?
1: I, I think, you know, instead of asking, you know, a yes or no question, you can ask open-ended questions. Mm. What was one of the best things that happened today? Or the parent can say, well, well, if you have a minute, let me tell you, I I had a, a terrible day. And, you know, if you're vulnerable and willing to share with your child or or the cakey, then they may say, oh, you know, I'm not alone. Oh, okay, I'll talk to you. You know, I had a bad
0: day too. It's interesting you mention that because sometimes there's a tendency, even when friends talk to friends to say, oh, guess what happened today? Oh, you think that's bad? Guess what happened to me? Sort of that tendency to have that almost (laughs) one-upmanship. And when you say that with a parent saying, I had a bad day today, I can picture some of the kids saying, really? Well, guess what happened to me? Almost like it's engaging them to encourage them to share something that would allow that discussion about how, you know, life isn't always perfect. It doesn't
1: always go the way you expect. And and let's talk about some of the struggles. Right. And, you know, just... Being that sympathetic ear. And remember, you can do, I call it windshield time. Um, I'm in YPO Gentry. You know, if, if your child goes to school, you have like 45 minutes in the car. And just, you might only be going three miles. <laughs> I mean, let's just be realistic. But, but turn off the radio. That's what I tell my families. And, you know, just just talk about stuff because that's such valuable family time. Well, and a lot of times what you hear in the news is not something that you really. It's not always good news. In fact, very often it's unfortunately not. Right. So, you know, all around us, social media, I mean, everything is bad news. So for myself, I, I kind of just stop turning on the television and stop looking at social media. I mean, I'll, I'll listen here and there to a local news, but. I I tell families, you know, it's natural for us to want to just look at negatives. But how about if we take a a different view on this and look at the positive? And so this is where I talk about an attitude of gratitude. So what kinds of things
0: have you been grateful for during the last couple of years uh, through the pandemic? I mean, there are some
1: things that have happened that it might be in in a good direction. You know, I... I'm grateful for my health. I see sick people every day and I'm over 65 so I have not had covid supposedly. I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful that my children have have been okay as well as my grandchildren. You know, we if we look at the 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 things around us, the blessings we have then you can't help but be a little more positive and and I think that's what we all need. We we need to be that light, that beacon for others to look at.
0: Well, and that's another important aspect of it that, you know, if you engage your kids in these conversations about what might have gone wrong, you also need to be able to figure out a way to yeah. to troubleshoot and say, "Well, here's what could make things a little bit better." Yes. And I think that could help to lead into this bonding in this relationship that, as you mentioned, everyone's fractured. I mean, boy, I was at dinner not that long ago with my husband and we were both on our phones. And I was like, oh no, are we like those people? You know, the ones that we used to say, sit at the table and run our phones. Do we need to put our phones down? I mean, it was ridiculous, you know, and we're both looking up silly photos. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm those people. So I guess there's also the idea of the no phone zone where you can actually sort of Definitely. And discuss something with someone on mm-hmm. an adult level and not necessarily be looking at stuff on your phone.
1: Yes. So so this is you know, when we're talking about communicating with the younger folks, we've really got to turn off our phones because they're looking at you and if you answer the phone, then they know that they're not as important. Or they feel
0: like you answered your phone, I can answer mine. Exactly. You so, did it.
1: So we need to practice what we preach. And The other aspect of this gratitude is kindness. You know, we treat our family members very poorly many times. And then we treat strangers in a kinder way. So one of my homework I tell families is, go home and give five compliments to each family member. And they come back and they go, oh my God, I didn't know that they love my sloppy joes. Or, you know, like everyone's so much, when when people want to come home, to a, a warm fuzzy cuddly nice family situation it just makes your life so much better
0: all right so there's an assignment five nice things <laughs> about a. what if you can only find four okay about every family member all right And then you mentioned the no-phone zone. Yes. Okay. That does not mean no-fun
1: zone. It just means turn off the phone. Right. At mealtime or when you're sitting down really talking, family time. That's another thing. Every family and every, you know, when you get together with a friend, I mean, just spend five minutes just really intently listening to them.
0: All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we are listening to Dr. Teresa Wee, and we will come right back and discuss some more about what are some of the other ways that we can help build not just the physical health of our families, but also the emotional health and restoring that relationship that may have been strained, not just between family, but also between friends. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here with Dr. Teresa Wee, and we are talking today about physical and emotional well-being and how that's so critical in order to help our families and actually help anybody in the midst of this pandemic to help find our way out of it, to live with it and or move beyond where we've been the last couple of years. Now, right before the break, you challenged everybody to think of five nice things about your family members or whoever's in your household having a no-phone zone, usually around meal times, and you mentioned family time, and that's something that I think a lot of folks may not have a lot of. For mm-hmm. your busy parents who have multiple kids and they now are starting to go back to different sports activities after school, and they're doing other things with their friends, how do you create that that special time when a family can do something together?
1: You know, um, my husband and I, we were busy physicians, and we would come home at six or seven, but Our four children's bedtime was 8 p.m., so it was a tradition. Seven days a week, before they went to sleep, at 7.45, we would sit down for five minutes, and we'd talk about the day. Each one had to say something. And so we did this until they were through high school. And now when we look back, that was such a—it kept everyone informed about what was going on. And this was a time to really discuss um, family— Problems, addressing things, um, so if you make it, if you incorporate it into the routine, then it becomes expected
0: well, and I can just picture kids saying, "Wow, if we just keep talking about the day, bedtime will turn out to eight fifteen, so keep yeah. going, keep going
1: <laughs> no, i mean we would we would stop it, and you know, and sometimes they would want to talk longer,
0: and as a parent, when you have your kid want to tell you more about their life, I think that's a pretty good sign
1: that that is. So, but it, it can apply to all ages, you know, just sitting down with your spouse, you know, instead of just turning on the TV, say, let's do the five minutes, let's check in, let's really check in with one another. Well,
0: and you mentioned that it's really important just to take that time to listen. Yes. The idea of active listening. Yes. Seeing what's said and understanding what isn't said, because mm-hmm. sometimes that's actually tells you more of the whole story. right. Right.
1: The other thing that I wanted to talk about is we've lost so many people through COVID. I've lost about five close relatives through COVID. And, you know, from someone who lost, I lost my first husband suddenly, unexpectedly, about 12 years ago, I think it's so important that we need to talk about it in in our culture. I know in Asian culture, we tend to kind of just sweep it on. Let's not talk about it. It's, you know, it's going to make everyone sad. But I say, no, we need to talk about the loss. We need to remember that person. We need to laugh. We need to, you know, cry. If we don't do that, we sweep it under the rug. It's it's going to come back to bite us later. The acknowledgement. The acknowledgement of the loss. Of the loss. Mm -hmm. And
0: I think grief is something that you can't, you can't ignore it. Like you said, it'll come back. Mm-hmm. If you don't work your way through it. Right. right. And you're right. There may be some family members that people have lost or even some relatives. And mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, they weren't able to have the usual funeral gathering. Yes. Where you get a lot of support
1: from the closure. Mm-hmm. And I, I know with two of my uncles, they had to die by themselves, you know, because family members could not be there. And I, I just think that we have not only loss of life, but there's secondary losses, losses of, well, I didn't get to go to my senior prom, I didn't have my graduation, you know, all of these things, you know, that that are inside of us, like, oh, why did COVID have to come? But we need to talk about this so that we get it out. Well, and you bring
0: up different school events, and for a lot of for a lot of kids these are formative years. You yes. know, I remember my high school graduation yes. fairly well. I remember going to college and the joy of that whole new experience. Right. And for for a lot of people
1: for the last couple of years they have not that had that same experience. They've been deprived of this and I I think this this just kind of keeps adding, but if we don't talk about it and acknowledge it, I think it makes it worse.
0: Well, and to let people know that it's okay to grieve something that might at first glance seem like, well, you know, you're so worried you missed a a prom or something. But it really does mean a lot to that individual. Yes, And, you know, you can't go back and Mm -hmm. redo your high school graduation a couple of years later. It's just not the same. Right. So acknowledging that loss, but also reinforcing the fact that it's okay to feel
1: that. It's okay. And, you know, you're not alone. There are many people who, who have had losses, and, but together we'll get through this. When you deal with
0: a lot of the issues that you've been describing for mm-hmm. the families, I'm certain that you have a couple of memorable families that you've seen grow over the last couple of mm-hmm. years. And you mentioned like saying five nice things and people are surprised. <laughs> are there any other groups that you can think of, any families that you recall having them come back and share with you how it's gone?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I've had a few families who said, wow, working at home, I, we got so much family time. I mean, I loved it. So I think we as adults, we can choose how we want to look at this pandemic. And we can say, you know what, we're going to take advantage of this and use it as family time. And that can certainly mean a
0: lot for people, particularly for people who used to have to commute. You know, I know that there are a lot of folks who would come in from, you know, they would be in a one or two hour long commute every day one way. So they've just gotten a couple of hours of their life back.
1: Yeah. And so people have been telling me, we're going bike riding as a family. We're cooking together. We started a garden. I mean, all these wonderful ideas. And I try to share it with other people, but... Again, sometimes you, you just you're not thinking in that mode about being creative and trying something different.
0: Well, I'll tell you the one thing I've learned is if you try something new and you just accept the fact you could be horrible at it and it could be fun anyway <laughs> that it makes it a lot easier.
1: yeah, sure, what have you got to lose? No regrets, let's just try it
0: and I have shamelessly failed several artistic endeavors on many of an occasion. And created ceramics that basically look like like a poop dish. I mean, that's the only thing I have from weeks of ceramics. But I had one really great time while I was learning it. And, and it was memorable. It's definitely memorable. <laughs> and the fact that I feed my cat from this brown-looking dish is still is kind of ironic. But, you know, it is just trying to find that event or that activity that you can enjoy with a family or with your loved ones. Yes. Aunties and uncles, grandparents, just to try and change that dynamic that that might be heading towards that negative spin on right. what's been going on to something positive about exactly. it. Exactly. And, and, and
1: that's what we need to look at is more positive.
0: Well, and you said the attitude
1: of gratitude. Yes. So what are you grateful for these days? What are you happy about today? Well, I'm, I'm just ha- happy that, you know, my, my practice has survived. Um, my employees are healthy and, We can continue to serve the community. And I'm trying to make sure that, you know, none of us get burnt out. You know, life life is moving forward no matter what. And we just need to navigate through these trying times.
0: Yeah, like it or lump it, time is going by. It is. And it is amazing because I remember in... Two two and a, years ago and a few months thinking, oh, well, maybe after six months or, or so, this will improve. And a year went by, and I went, I can't believe it's a year. Right. And now we've passed the two-year point. Right. And it's pretty incredible to think. I often think of the resiliency of everyone yes. involved because yes. none of us would have ever predicted that long mm-hmm. ago that we would still be dealing with this. And yet it's amazing to see people who have stepped up and really done an amazing job of keeping everybody motivated and engaged and in some way healthy and trying to keep on track.
1: I think this is a a credit to all the people who have tried their best to make this work. Right. And, And don't put your life on hold. The entire world has been affected by this. So live your life. Live it to the fullest. Live like it's your last day on Earth.
0: Well, and let's hope that it isn't because we still have a part two. So what we're going to talk about next week is we're going to add to the discussion and really do a deep dive into some of the issues regarding mental health. There are so many different things that have happened and a lot of different studies that have been done looking at the impact of mental health and what are some of the crises that we have seen Increase in the population of not just the kids, but also the adults, their parents, and their loved ones. So, we are going to discuss some more about what's going on out there and give people some more tips and ways that they can really work on trying to keep themselves, their friends, and their families motivated, engaged, and have that attitude of gratitude that you talked about. So, Dr. Teresa, we, I am happy. This is not our last day because we have another show we are going to do. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. And we will see you next week with part two with Dr. Wee talking about physical and mental health and well-being and the integration of all of these aspects to help us to deal with what's been going on in the world the last couple of years and find our way forward. We'll see you then.